So we're in this series called Come and Go, the most, the most Wisconsin series I've ever heard of. Are you coming or are you going? I don't know. You coming or no? So we're, co- we're coming and going. We've been talking about this. It's such a clever thing to think about. It's such an amazing thing to think about because Jesus actually calls us to two things, right? He says, come and follow me. And then he says, go and make disciples, And so we need to come into the presence of God and learn and grow. And and, and the Bible actually says that the Holy Spirit can teach you. It can remind you of all the things that Jesus has said. So we come into his presence. We come into his throne room. And then it says, go and make disciples. And if you have breath in your lungs, then you're on mission. Amen, church? If you have breath in your lungs, God has something for you. He has you on mission. And so, so we're coming into God's presence and we're going with God's presence. Amen. And so we've talked about a number of things. We've talked about the truth of the gospel, the depth of God's love. Uh, I need to go back and listen to that message all the time, just understanding the depth of God's love. And then we talked about being an integral man and woman, an integral child of God. And today we're going to talk about getting healing. Today's message is titled Healed and Free. How many of you guys want to live healed and free? Come on. Uh, I got a couple hands up. Uh, I just think that that's, there's more of you that want that than are saying, right? Like, how many of you guys are like, no, I, I pretty much enjoy being diseased and, and suffering through life. Like, that's, that's what I want, okay? Uh, nobody wants that. We all want freedom. Amen. We all want healing. Amen. And, and uh, no one's saying amen. Are we awake today? Do we want some healing in this place? Like nobody wants pain, right? We all wish that we can bypass pain. Actually, I know people who have stopped following God because they thought that Jesus was their fix-it pill. Like I'm going to become a Christian and then things are going to get better. And we just know that that's not true, Right? Right, we, like we, one day it's going to be, okay? One day we're going to get to heaven. It says in Revelation, it says this. It says, uh, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. But right now, it says this in John 16. It says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. It says in John 10, 10, it says, the thief's purpose is to steal to kill, and to destroy. We know that in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve fell, and it created problems, right? Like, I don't like to point fingers very often. Who am I kidding? I point fingers all the time. (laughs) No, no, that was them. But this incident caused suffering. It caused pain. Notice something, though, in the garden. The first thing that Adam and Eve felt was shame, right? Like God shows up and they covered themselves because there was shame. Here's an interesting perspective of how God works. When we're talking about healing and inner healing, when we're talking about suffering, we're talking about shame. We look at death as a punishment. But when you look at the story, it's a mercy, But God did not want Adam and Eve to be immortal with shame, to live forever with shame. See, the reality of the situation is that we weren't actually designed with the hardware 
to handle shame and suffering and pain. We were created to know God intimately and to walk with him. And so there was a separation that happened in the garden. We have someone to blame, the devil, Adam and Eve, ourselves. The reality is, is that it introduced shame. It introduced pain. It introduced suffering. And when God says that there will be trials, there will be suffering, there will be sorrows, that's not a promise. You understand that? Is different than a promise. It's a warning. You see, because when we come to Jesus, it isn't all rainbows and sunshine and puppy dogs. I wish it were. I like puppy dogs. I don't like them when they're bigger so much, but I really like puppies. Can I get an amen? No. But it's not those things. There is pain in this life. There is sorrow. There is troubles. I want you guys to listen to this quote uh, from Blake Healy, uh, one of my favorite authors. He uh, tells a story about having an interaction with his wife. And, and he's a guy who sees into the spiritual realm. There's a bunch of theology that can support this. But he sees into the spirit. He sees things that happen. And he is having an argument with his wife. And he says something he shouldn't. And he sees a cut. In the spirit, a cut form over her cheek, and it draws blood. And that would be a handy skill to have in an argument with your wife. I think that I would stop a lot of arguments, probably. But he goes on to say this in the book. It's, it's just so profound to me. It says, I see spiritual wounds on people everywhere I go, from minor lacerations, such as the one caused by my unkind words to my wife, to the deep and repeated gashes from lifelong trauma and abuse. Wounds are an unavoidable factor of life on earth. I see wounds on just about everyone I meet. They vary greatly in severity and quantity. Some appear swollen and infected, signs that bitterness and unforgiveness are beginning to take hold. Some look tended and clean, signs that the person is letting God lead them or her into healing. Sometimes only scars remain, a sign that, will, that while the wound is no longer present, the memory of the pain the wound caused is very much alive. We all experience wounds, but we do not all experience them the same way. I have watched something simple, such as not saying hello when passing in the hall fester and grow into a wound so severe that it affected every single day of the wounded person's life. I have watched something severe, such as multiple affairs and a messy divorce, be completely transformed into a crown of glory by the wounded person's willingness to submit his or her wounds to the care of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what God's answer is for every pain that exists in the world, but I have learned enough about the nature of his goodness to trust he has an answer for every single one of the pains. Isn't that good? You see, the unavoidable truth, the warning from God is that pain is going to happen. We, we, we can't get past it. But it, but it also says this in John 16. It says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But then after that it says, take heart because I have overcome the world. See, as we come and follow Jesus, we're not free from a life of pain. But we have the promise that there is somebody who can overcome it. Amen. We have a promise that there is somebody there that can help us figure out what we need to do to get past it, to heal. 
As we come and we follow Jesus, we have to understand that literally he is the only one with the hardware that you need, with the software you need downloaded into your person to help you overcome and handle pain and suffering. Amen? He's the only one. And so this is the first point. Like, we must connect with God to be healed and free. I think that's a given, right? That's like a gimme statement. You know what I'm saying? We can say this thing, this point, in a lot of different sermons under a lot of different circumstances, and it can almost feel Sunday school. Do you know what I'm saying? It can almost feel like, yeah, I know that I obviously need to go to God. But I think that it's so important for us to understand why. And it's because we don't have what we need inside of us. It's like you were trying to, to heat a house in the winter because the pipes are freezing, but you don't have a heater. Like the pipes are going to burst and you got to heat it, but you don't have a heat source. You don't have a heater. It's not in the house. And so what we like to do, if I can take this analogy a little further, is just build fires everywhere. Right? We got to get heat into the house. Here's a fire. Oh, no, it exploded. We don't have what we need. And so it's imperative. We have to go to God. We have to get into his presence. And we have to learn the things from his spirit, how we can overcome this pain. See, the Bible actually says that we need to consider it pure joy when faced with trials of many kinds. I used to hate that verse. How the heck am I supposed to consider it pure joy? I'm suffering, God. I'm struggling. Could you just help me? I'll consider it pure pure joy for you to just help me. Can I consider that joy? Come on. I know you guys are with me this morning, right? Like, I'm not alone in that. Do I have to go through this pain? God, can you just make it go away? You're powerful enough to create the whole universe. Can you just make the pain go away? Just consider it pure joy. See, the reason why I hated that verse so much is because my theology was whack. I somehow believed that God was was using pain to make me grow. Because the verse says, if you go through this, you'll be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The, The Bible isn't saying here, guys, that God causes pain to grow you. He already warned us that it's an it's an everyday fact of life. What he's saying here, when he uses these words suffering, it it actually means dealing with the pain. Henry Cloud is uh just phenomenal in this. He, this is where I learned this. It, was a, it flipped for me. It was transformational. It literally changed my life. When I understood how we process pain and the fact that we actually have a need to process pain, that's what the biblical word for suffering is. We need to go to God with our pain and suffer through the process of dealing with it so that he can build in us the heater for the house so that he can do the work inside of us so that we can be stronger, so that we can be more and more like Jesus. We have to connect with God for this. We have to. Listen to this. I think that some of us here might be, um, instead of dealing with the pain, doing the opposite of and and pushing it off or stuffing it down. Uh, That's my story, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but... But it's so important that you guys listen to this. It says, in Psalm 139, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path everlasting. 
So you can't do it on your own. And that's why the gimme statement of the year, what we already know to be true is so important. We need to go to God. We need to connect with the Holy Spirit so that he can show us, so that he can build in us the parts. See, this is so much of my story over the last 10 months. Um, uh, it actually started, I was reading a book by Blake Healy called Indestructible. It's a, he has like a three-part series. Uh, go and read them. I'm not a reader. I don't like to read books. I'm actually dyslexic. Um, and so I don't read very often. I read all three of his books in a week. They're good. <laughs> Impressive. Hey. <laughs> it's good to know that I can still impress my students. <laughs> but he's, he talks in this book about, about seeing into the spirit and, and opening up our eyes to see past just the physical, to see what God is doing and and he, he says in the book that actually the number one reason why people don't is fear, right? Because if you look into the spirit, sometimes you might see demonic or, or whatever. And, and so I was like, well, I'm not afraid to see that. I've, I've actually, uh, you know, I don't know where you stand on the, the spectrum, of this, but, I, but I've actually cast demons out of people. So I'm not really afraid of that. But I was like, all right, well, I want to see God more clearly. Like the whole purpose of seeing it in the spirit, like... Like Elijah and Elijah, you see the things that God is doing. It, it helps you connect with God on a more real level. Like, obviously, I want that. And so I'm laying in my bed, and I'm, I'm praying, all right, God, like, show me what's going on in the spiritual realm. Like, show me what I can't see. And fear started gripping my chest. My heart started pounding. I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird. Is this? <laughs> I've never, it was like an anxiety attack. And so I just stopped. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to bed. I woke up the next morning and I started driving. Uh, I used to drive for work. I quit that job. Amen. 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 <laughs> yes. God is good. Uh, but I'm driving and I, I, I'm going to pick up my first person and I, I just start praying again. Oh, God, that was weird. I'm going to move past that. God, what do you want to show me? What's, what's happening in this realm that I cannot see? And, and it just started gripping my chest and my chest started to tighten um, it started to get really heavy, and I was like, oh, gosh, that's so weird. It felt like an anxiety attack, a panic attack, whatever you want to call it, and, uh, and so I just stopped. Um, I called a, one of our spiritual lead team members in Whitewater, told him what was going on. Um, I had a group of people praying for me. The next morning when I woke up, um, I wasn't asking God to see anything, and I just heard him speak to me. Uh, the enemy doesn't want you to know something. I was like, okay, what is that? You can tell me the answer to that, right? I need, I need to know what he doesn't want me to see. And so God started revealing to me that I was living my life through lenses from my childhood, traumatic experiences from my past that I was then dictating and putting on people. And so I was seeing through skewed lenses. I was seeing things from hurt and trauma that has not been healed. And it, it wrecked me. I actually had a vision that same morning. We, were, we went into staff meeting and um, uh, we had like worship in the, the youth sanctuary in Whitewater and, and I stood there and I was like, God, I know that these lenses are, are skewed and, and I know that um, I need to see people like you see them. So would you, would you just take it away? I just, I'll surrender it to you, God. You can just have it. Like that was, 
that would have been so great. Like, God, you can just have all that pain, all that trauma. It's yours. I want to see the way you see. And God kind of swept me up into a vision. And it was really vivid, you guys. Uh, I had a vision, and it was like I was looking at myself, but the body I was looking at looked like an action toy. Um, I was a little skinnier, like an action toy. And um, I was like, oh, when do I get to look like that? Um, but it was like God kind of took the back of my head off, and it wasn't gross and like what you would think would look like the inside of a head. But there was these wires connected from the cranium into like where my eyes were. And God said to me, all of these wires you see are actually the, the pain and the trauma and the lenses. They're these optical wires that you see life through. And he says, I'm going to take you through a process where I pulled out the old wiring and give you new wiring. He said, but you have to trust me. It's going to take a long time, but I promise you. Oh, I'll completely change it. We'll get, we'll, every last one, we'll get through it all. And so over the last 10 months, I've gone through this process of healing and, and something happens to me and I'm like, whoa, why did I overreact there? Why am I feeling so much anxiety here? Why is there so much pain attached to this event? And the Lord kind of brings me back into that vision. And I, okay, Lord, where did this come from? So I'm praying this prayer, Psalm 139, search me, God. Where is, where is this coming from, God? Where is this pain? And he shows me the, the, the situations, the, the events from my past, and I pray over them. I take it to God. You see, this process of going to God isn't, isn't just a, God, it's, you can have it, it's done. It's actually a process of looking at the pain and suffering through it. I understand fully now what it means to consider it pure joy. When you suffer through the events, the events, the pain, the traumatic experiences are coming, but we can go to God and actually open it up. You see, I had a problem my whole life. I suppressed pain. I put on a happy face, but deep down, even before I met Jesus, I was suicidally depressed. And so I would just stuff the pain down and pretend it wasn't there. And after years and years of stuffing, I finally began to open it up and suffer through the pain. Bring it before the Lord. Actually take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to the will of Christ. Amen. And he says, when you do that, you can consider it pure joy. Because you know that you will be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, God's going to build inside of you the software that you need to handle pain. I think that's my phone. <laughs> He's going to do this uh, directly sometimes. It says in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. We can go directly into the throne room of God. We can go directly into his presence and talk through this stuff, right? This is how we get this healing. We need to go to him and connect with him. Sometimes, you guys, he's going to use other people. It says in James 5, it says, Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you might be healed. And so sometimes connecting with God is, is, is through these people. It's, it's go to each other. You can be healed. There's so much power, you guys, in, in, in doing this together and doing life together, amen? There's so much power in it. 
Sometimes actually God is going to lead you, okay, into this healing. Forgiveness is one of the most powerful avenues of healing that exists, right? Forgiveness was the avenue for relationship with Jesus. Everything that he did on the cross, the forgiveness of sin was, was to bridge that gap. See, it's not about giving a verdict so that the other person can go away. It's actually about getting out of the judge's chair and letting God take care of it. You see, forgiveness is actually a step into his presence and saying, God, I trust you, right? Even like what Jamie was talking about during worship, like for some of us, maybe this avenue of forgiveness, maybe you don't trust God to take care of it. And so we try to hold on to this event or this person who hurt us or harmed us in any way. And instead of forgiving that person and saying, God, you have control, I put that in your hands and allowing him to do work inside of you. Like oftentimes, like we think that forgiveness means trust again. Like I forgive this person, so now I have to trust them again. That's not true. It's actually just getting out of the way, getting out of the chair, taking the power that that person has over you and giving it to God. (laughs) But I'm telling you guys right now, you're not gonna just will yourself into this healing. You're not just gonna tell yourself enough right things to get yourself into this healing. You actually have to go to God because you don't have the software inside of you. And and the Holy Spirit wants to download that into you. He wants to give you the tools and the ability. He wants to make you mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so what do we do then when we get healed? Because we want healing, amen? Amen? We, We wanna come into the presence of God and see and grab all of the things that he has for us anything he wants to teach it, anything that he wants to do inside of us. We want to take that. And, and then when we do that, you guys, we, we actually have a call to go and disciple people into freedom and healing. This is a, a really important step, actually. Uh, this is a command from God to go and make disciples. When he says make disciples, in the context of healing, he, he actually... T- talks to us about being liberators. He actually tells us to go into the world. He says that his commission was was to set the oppressed free, to set the captives free. That one's not mine. (laughs) And he tells us to do the same thing. We come into his presence, we get healing, we go out and we administer healing. Amen? Amen. See, the, the thing that I want to really differentiate, though, is that you are a vessel for God's healing. You are not the healer. And I think this is where we get it twisted sometimes. Like, I know for myself, I actually, there were times where um, I would hold on to control of something uh, because I thought, if this person doesn't have me, or if this group doesn't have me, then we might not make it out. <laughs> and I'm just here to tell you guys that you don't need that kind of pressure on yourselves. That'll actually cause more pain that you then need to go to the Holy Spirit and get healing for. So you are not the Savior. You are not God. You are not the Holy Spirit. You are a vessel. Actually, as I was practicing this, preparing this um, throughout the week, I had a vision and... Um, it was more of like 
God putting together a couple of thoughts for me. And uh, there's a person in a doctor's office, and the doctor had given them a shot, and the shot inside of the shot was a cure for whatever ailment they had. Um, very simple analogy, but the Lord had kind of revealed to me all the pieces of what I was seeing. Um, it was that the the person that came in was somebody who God was calling me and you to administer healing for. God was the doctor. He created the tools. Um, he created the cure. And my name was on the needle. So I, in this analogy, we were the needle. We were the vessel. We were the administering tool to get the healing. God invented the cure. God was the doctor, and he administered the healing. I was simply the needle. I'm simply the vessel. I'm the tool that God wants to use to administer the healing. And I think when we understand this perspective, we can then not take the burden of other people's healings on ourselves, right? We're not responsible for their healing. We're responsible to do what God's called us to do. We're responsible to point them to Jesus. And, and this is so interesting, something that, that I want to um, just show to you guys. It says, uh, in, in, many times in Scripture, you'll notice like the, the people just following, these crowds of people following the disciples. But, but the, the disciples weren't leading these people. They were just following Jesus, right? In, in, in Mark chapter 10, it says this, it says, they were now on their way up to Jerusalem and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples were filled with awe and the people behind them were overwhelmed with fear. See, the disciples were just following Jesus. Here's something that I want you guys to really take into perspective. This is something that, that Kevin and I have been talking about um, Kevin's been saying it to our whole staff, and, and I just think it's so true. If a leader is pointing you to themselves, I don't know that you should trust them. But if a leader is pointing you to Jesus, I think it's pretty safe to say that they have your best interest in mind. And so when we're talking about leading people to healing it needs to be all about pointing them to Jesus because like the first point, the only way we get healing is if we go into God's presence. And so I think it's pretty safe to assume that the place that we need to lead people is into God's presence, amen? Amen? Man, God wants to do something new in this place. He wants to do something amazing. He wants to give us all the healing that we need. It actually says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but, but God has come. Jesus says, I have come that you'd have life lived to its fullest measure. It says in the Bible that God wants to give us every blessing from on high. It says that he can do more than we can ask or imagine. I don't know about you guys, but I can imagine a whole lot, right? I got three daughters. They got big imaginations. I, I, I can... Imagine a whole lot. God wants to do more than that. Look, this doesn't have to be uber spiritual either. This doesn't have to be uh, uh, something that, who is calling me? I'm trying to preach. I thought I silent. I'm sorry, you guys. 
Don't you know it's Sunday? <laughs> Mom, check the live stream. <laughs> it doesn't have to be uber spiritual, you guys. It doesn't have to be this like super heavy, weird thing. It's actually really simple because if all we're supposed to do is point people to Jesus, and if all we're supposed to do is connect with Jesus, then let's just do that together. See, I think a lot of times, and I see this a lot, and I've done this a lot. Somebody comes and they have this problem, in which, and I'll try to counsel them, and I'll just throw a bunch of scripture at them. How about instead of just throwing scripture or opinions at people, let's just read the Bible with them, right? Hey, let's just go to this spot in the Bible and let's just read it together and let's just see what God does. You know, a tip of the day, something that I do when I read the Bible is I actually just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to me what he's saying. God, would you just show me a little bit more of your character? Father, what, is, what does this verse mean? Let's just do that together. What about praying for each other? Right back, going back to, to James 5, it says that the bring, confess your sins to one another, one another and then pray so that they may be healed. It says that a, the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. It doesn't say that the righteous man is powerful and effective. It says that the prayers of the righteous man are powerful and effective. The Bible says when two or three are gathered, he is there in their midst. This is all about pointing people to Jesus. It's so powerful, the simple things that we can do to point people to Jesus. Here's one that I think we all know that I think we're not as intentional with as we should be. Maybe not anybody here in this room. Um, I might be just pointing the finger at myself. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can't. Who's speaking words of life into people. God gave me a word the other day. Uh, but the other day, it was like years ago. <laughs> that he wanted me to speak prophetic encouragement into people. Prophetic encouragement. And I just want to release that into you guys today to speak prophetic encouragement. Not just nice things, but God things over people. Speak words of life over people. It says this in Proverbs 12, 18. It says, some people are making cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Proverbs 16, 24 says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but honey's amazing. I love honey. Uh, I'm like Pooh Bear with honey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> If they made them in the jars where you can stick, I'd probably do that. Kind words are like honey. Look, here's, here's what it comes down to. God calls us to come into his presence and to go and make disciples. There's something so amazing, so exciting, so motivating when you are free when you are living and walking in the healing and purpose that Jesus has for you. And then being able to point other people to the same freedom. 
the same healing. There's something so liberating. There's something so just amazing, so inspiring, so exciting when we can do this. I think that if you guys start walking free, you won't even have to lead very much. People will just say, hey, I want that. I remember, I remember when this person was struggling and hurting and down, but, but now they're, they're walking in freedom. How did, how did that happen? I, I want some of that. And I know that it is a struggle to get there. <laughs> I've lived it. Honestly, though, you guys, sincerely, I can tell you that normally when I'm vulnerable like this, I'm still struggling through. I'm still wondering. I'm still hurting. I'm on the backside of this victory. I'm on the backside of this battle. God has done an amazing thing in my life, and I've had so much freedom and more freedom than I've ever had in my life. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's because I actually took the time, went to the Lord. I had people point me there, and I want to do the same for others. I want to do the same thing for, for you guys. And, and so as we end here, would you guys just stand with me?